It's Daniel. It's April 6th, Thursday, trash day. <laughs> anyway, I was uh, reading this morning in Genesis. Uh, I've been up since about 3.30. I've been studying since about 4.30. And it's uh, oh, it's like 8, 8.38 right now. So Genesis 39, Joseph, he uh, was sold into slavery by his brothers. Okay, so let's back it up a bit. So we have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob whose name was changed to Israel when he was in the desert, and he wrestled with the angel and got a better name. Uh, had he, he's the one that had the 12 children that the 12 tribes of Israel come from. That's Israel. So, um, And the promise is promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, and Jacob's people, you know, okay. So the promised land, Israel, and all that. So Joseph is one of Jacob's sons, and Jacob's brothers, he has, uh, Jacob has uh, 12 sons, 12 or 13 sons there. Quite a few sons there. And uh, uh, 12 and then Benjamin, I think, makes 13, right? Or uh, Anyway, but anyway, I won't go into that. What I want to focus on is Joseph being one of the one of the sons of uh, Joseph being one of the sons of Jacob. And Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers who did not like him because he was dad's favorite and he kept ratting on him. But his dad was sending him out to find, you know, Find out where the brothers are and bring me back assessment, right? Let me know what they're doing. So to, in there, in the brother's eyes, he's a little rat and the favorite because, you know, dad doted on him, which he did. You know, dad did dote on him, gave him a coat of many colors. That's where we get the the whole story about the coat of many colors and the different teachings that you hear about that and stuff. Well, it's all coming from this Joseph and then coming from these people's life story that are in the Bible. So we're looking at Genesis 39 now. Joseph is in slavery. And I had been reading for, you know, and studying every morning. And uh, I'm at this point and I'm, I'm looking at Joseph's story and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know how many times many of us have been and never felt like we've been just, you know, we're in that place, too. Where Joseph was, where he was in slavery, he gets sold to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites sell him to Potiphar, this guy who's a, an officer in Pharaoh's house. He's the captain of the guard. Uh, he's got a really hot wife, right? And he's got a whole bunch of land and some stuff. And he, Joseph is doing always doing well, though. As soon as he gets sold into, la- into Potiphar's house, he, Potiphar starts noticing that this guy has is blessed, that, that the Lord is blessing him. That, and when I look the word Lord up in my strong concordance, it is, and so a little like, let's just take it from here, verse, um, verse 3, and the master saw that the Lord was with him. The master, he was an Egyptian, his name is Potiphar, uh, saw that, that the Lord is with him and, and made all that he did prosper in his hand. So that's in verse 3 of Genesis 39, right? So I'm looking at this, verse 3, Genesis 39. Genesis, I get it back here to Genesis here. Uh, 39, verse 3. And the word Lord, his master saw that the Lord was with him. So first off, I noticed that the Egyptian pharaoh noticed the Lord. Now, who is he talking about? What Lord? I thought the Egyptians worshipped different gods, but it says here, Yehovah, the self-existent, the I am, I am, you know, God, right? So God. So there are people on this earth whose eyes are open to God. They really are. I meet them all the time. I run into them every day, almost every day. 
Well, I shouldn't say every day because some days I don't run into people when I walk, and some days I do. So let's not say every day because that would be a lie. But let's say this: I run into them all the time, man. I do. I mean, and you guys, you know, those of you that are God, are tuned in, are God seekers, and 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 love to magnify God, love the magnification of God's presence, love the aspect of God's presence in our lives, love the fellowship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and the, even the angels that 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 are caught up in God, that have a, have a relationship with God. Those of us that do. You know, well, those of us, we know that, you know, God is, there's there's God. We know God. And it's not talking about, you know, different gods. We're not talking about the Egyptian gods here. His master, the Egyptian, saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made him, made all that he did prosper in his hand. That's what it says in the scripture. And I'm sitting there thinking about this. This Egyptian saw what, Lord? What God? But it says here, I looked it up. It's the same one that we, you know, Jehovah. Jehovah, the self-existent or eternal Jehovah, the Jewish national name of God, Jehovah the Lord, and it's compared. You know, there's a few comparisons in the Strong's Concordance on what you can compare that with, but that doesn't matter because it's all the same, all rooted the same. It's all God, the one that created everything. Jah, Jah, you know, the most be helmet one. Uh, the uh, and then the other variation is Jehovah, Jehovah, and Jehovah, and uh, it's Jewish, Jehovah, repetition of the same sound. I'm not, probably not even saying it right. Anyway, it just says at the end, it says God, G-O-D. So, you know, that's just okay. So this guy's this guy somehow knows God. This Egyptian does, right? That got me thinking about that. I run into people all the time, like I said before, that, that, that know God. They they do. They absolutely don't. They may not, may not know Jesus like in fellowship like I do, but they know God. You know, and we talk about Jesus. And they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." No, they know who Jesus is, and they know his teachings. And you, and then and then you see them emulate that in their. You start. I start watching these people closely, and they start emulating Christ likeness in their life. And I'm thinking, these guys have more Christ likeness in their life than I do in my life. This is sad to me that these people that don't even profess that they even know Christ really that well, like I would run around saying, yeah, I know Jesus, you know, or, or you know, how us Christians, I'm just using the word Christian, I put my two fingers up, right? If you can see me, I'm going Christians, you know, because I, I just have a hard time with that name Christian and Christianity. That's a, um, I have a hard time with that. They Somebody a long time ago, well, we know who it was, and it was back in uh, 3, whatever, 29 AD, or it was before that started, but some people hijacked hijacked the called out ones hijacked the way they hijacked the way and they made it into christianity okay and they've got a bunch of people trapped in it and so it's it's unfortunate but what i do know is this there are people that know god they don't even know really profess to know jesus like us christians would you know because i was i was i'm an ex-christian but i am a born-again believer in jesus yes i am born again and yes i do believe in jesus we're buddies man i mean we've been buddies my whole life why would I stop, you know? Um, uh, Jesus has done me more good than any one person or one thing in my whole life. Studying about Jesus and understudying and being in a hot pursuit on God's tail to want to know God. I want to know God. I want to know God. And I need to know God. I'm a God seeker. And I'm going to be a God seeker. That's what I'm here to do in this lifetime. I know that much. You know, I may not know everything else, but I know that much. I may not know how to make money come to me, but I know, I'm, I know that I know that I need to seek God in this life. I know that. I knew that much. And I did, and I am, and so I'm going to continue to do so. But those of us that do, that have that tenacity, know that we can keep running into people that that emulate the the the, the very beauty of the Holy Spirit way better than us professing. Maybe we should shut up more. 
I've been doing that a lot more. Been noticing that if I if I'm quiet more and just listen, it's better. You know, but man, you know, I I'm quiet a lot around the house. I listen. I go for walks. I listen and I listen. Then when I get around people, I'm all real talkative, right? That's because there's other people around me talking all the time, and I don't usually get a word in edgewise. And um, that's a whole nother story. And uh, you know when. Um, when I cleared my, 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 in my system, my physical, you know, we, we're a spiritual being too as well. And we have layers in our spiritual, I just put it this way, a way you can understand it, give you kind of an idea because people understand layers better than anything. So layers in the layers in my body, my spiritual body, not my physical body. It does affect your physical body because it was affecting me. I had people blocking my constantly shutting me down and not letting me talk which affected my throat, which was affecting my sinus, affects your sinuses, your ears, and your throat, which was affecting my worship, which was affecting everything. Um, they were sh- trying to shut me down from being a public speaker. Every- and that started here in the home first, and then it, it spread outward. So it was something that was embedded within me when I was a child that I had to actually uproot. Once I got that uprooted, I started having my throat better, and I was able to clear out and talk. And um, I don't get phlegm as much anymore. Um, uh, I used to get phlegm a lot, um, but I don't give it as much anymore, and I don't suck dust down my throat on accident things like that don't happen to me when i'm talking anymore and the reason why not that often and the reason why is because i work on clearing out my 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 spiritual my spiritual layers clearing the traumas and you know remember you know part of the clearing of the traumas is forgetting what's happened in the past and letting it be there and understanding that and saying okay it's a, it's a place where i was that was an obstacle now i have something to overcome so let's work on overcoming this obstacle and work on be because you know getting past that so that you know it's not a hindrance and it holds you back because those things hold us back in life they're called it's called points of resistance at least i call it that anyway but um, so we're working on these points of resistance within us, right? Well, our spiritual body has just as much. That's the root, right? Okay, everything goes into the spirits, the root, and then everything stems out from there to your body. Okay, so you go to the root, you work on the root, right? That's and we in church people know this. We hear it all the time. You preach from the pulpit, but does anybody ever really take that into consideration when Jesus says, "Get the plank out of your eye"? <clears throat> Check it out. When you read that, he's talking about the eye, the inner eye, your inner eye. Our inner eye is the thing that we really need to work on the most. You work on that the most and you start having clearer picture on the outside. You have certain things start clearing up. In other words, you start getting over those obstacles that are holding you back. You start to see with the spirit. You start to see the points where you can walk in wisdom and where you weren't walking in wisdom before and where you can now. And that's the point. That's what's helpful. That's why I sit in fellowship with Jesus every day. I have to because if I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up back sick in my bed again because I've tried it. Okay, believe me. And my friends know this. I don't know how many times I fell away, but my testimony in itself speaks. I've been doing this for 40 years now, 40-something years now, and uh, 40, 40 years, yeah, 40 years going up, 41 years now. And um, I've fallen away many times. And But here's the thing. The Lord... If you're his sheep, he'll come get you and bring you right back. And what he brings you back to is he brings you back to that fellowship with him in the spirit, whether you're doing it with the word or whether you're doing it in a church fellowship or a home group. I like home, personally like home groups better than I do like the big old hootenanny. But the big old hootenanny, there's a place for that, too, because you have to go to learn to understand the Bible and, and the guys that are doing the hootenanny and they understand the Bible. And I'm not saying anything bad. It's just a term I use. That's all. It's, I'm not saying anything bad about the church uh, fellowships on Sunday. 
Sunday morning where you go and you learn because it's a great place to go learn. It's like a mini Bible college almost. Some of them are, and they should be, you know, because they should be teaching everybody, you know, how to understand what God's saying. But it's not about the Bible. It's about the fellowship you have in the Holy Spirit with Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's the fellowship you have with Jesus, your shepherd, every single day. That's what it's about. Now, I'm going to say something because this just came on my heart. I'm still going to talk about Joseph, too, so we'll get into that in a second. But this just came on my heart. Those of you that say that Jesus, when he comes to get you, he puts you, takes that little lamb and puts it around his shoulder and he carries you off, but he breaks your legs. That is a lie. I talk to shepherds, people that are sheep herders. I have a lot of friends that are sheep herders now because I've traveled a lot. And um, one thing that's afforded me travel uh, that, that, I've, that, I've, that I love about travel is, is that one thing that I've been able to do, which has, has been a blessing in my life, that has been prosperous in my life, that has, been, um, that has been good in my life and enriched my life, is I get to meet a lot of really cool people. And I talk to everybody and I ask people their trades. I get to meet all, all these different people from these different trades that have, of life. Every walk of life I've met people from every walk of life uh, that I could the, every yeah, every known walk of life and um, the interesting thing is is that I've met sheep herders too as well and talked to every one of them I've talked to they've all shook their heads and said no way there would no way because sheep have to spend their life on their legs okay and when you do that that is he said what kind of wicked person would do something like that and I was like yeah I know that's what I thought too he goes that teaching's a then when I saw I, I so I told them the teaching and I would tell everyone the teaching they said no no that's not right man you know that's not right that's not even really the heart of Jesus and these are people that really they're not even in church every day right they're not in, they're not preaching from the pulpit they're not in Sunday school classes they're not in Bible school classes they're not learning in these churches that are that are equipping centers that are that are equipping the saints in what teaching the saints that Jesus is a wicked master that he's going to break your legs when he knows you got to spend your life on your legs it's a walk and a talk baby with God that's what it's all about go back it started in Genesis with Adam it's the same thing a walk and a talk in well he they did it in the cool of the morning so we get up and we walk and talk we walk and talk through the word walk and talk through our day we walk and talk through what we're doing at work we walk and talk it's a walk and a talk with God we should be in constant constant fellowship on the inside with Jesus all the time that way when if we aren't if we're sitting there listening we're both listening together if he's talking I'm listening to him on the inside somebody else can be talking to me and having a conversation he's talking to me about stuff giving me input into that conversation that can be helpful to that person sometimes people are stuck and we run into people that are stuck literally I was literally stuck for years, confused. And the Lord got a hold of me and started straightening me out on some stuff. And some of it was this stuff that's stupid, like this teaching that Jesus is going to break your legs when he comes to get you. If you're a lamb and you stray, he's not going to break your legs when he comes to get you. What he's going to do, though, he's going to tuck you under his wing, and you're going to learn from him. But what you have to do when he, when he, when he does come get you at one point, and you have to probably do this every time. I, I keep doing it every time. Every time I've ever strayed away, I've done, I, when he's come and got me, I've repositioned myself and done the same thing every time and that was this this one thing and i said this okay lord you're gonna tuck me under your wing you're gonna teach me so you be my mentor nobody else and i know this is a real relationship i know you're a real person i'm gonna declare that right now now i'm etching my space and i'm making my stand right now this is the ground i have it's all about jesus and that relationship i know it is with you jesus i know it's about this fellowship whatever we're doing together whether we're reading the bible whether we're talking to people whether we're washing dishes driving the car going to work making money whatever we're doing it's a fellowship with you all the time that's what it means to be led by the spirit those that are led by the spirit are the sons of god paul the apostle said that wrote that it's not a lie it's true okay and then there's people out there that want to erode all this right they just work at it 
They're even really good at censorship. They're doing right now, they're working at censoring Jesus completely out of, well, he's been censored mostly out of history, but they're still working on it, man. I mean, the Romans, it's the Roman Catholicism mindset that does that. It's the Roman, the Roman, uh, the Roman emperor mindset that does that. That's, that that was wrapped up with Roman Catholicism. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's just, it's a whole melting pot of these different ideologies that came together in these different in these people back in, you know, when they hijacked the way and made it into Christianity. You know, back back you know 18, 1700, 1800 years, whatever it is. You know, way back. And, you know, it's, and they forced society in this direction. Forced society. Listen, I've studied it. I've studied it. I know the history. I know the history very well. I've studied it. And it's not, it's, it, the history that's being preached from pulpits is not the history. It's not the truth, usually. It's a part of it, and then part of it's not the truth. There's, it's mixed up. It's mixed truth and lies. It's, well, twisted. And twisted scriptures come from twisted, twisted lies, twisted people, twisted hearts, twisted... And, and some of them are sincerely sincere about it, but and they and they don't even know, and it's because they've been taught and they've been taught by a seminary pastor or some guy that went to seminary or something. And in seminary, you have to most of these seminaries you have to actually do their creed of that seminary. One of the things you have to do in the creed is say that the Bible's infallible, which is is actually not true because it has over oh one guy had uh, over three thousand um, contradictions, and um, another one of the ones that I liked that I read was. Well, guy collected, and you can find these on the internet too. There was the uh, um, one, one of the ones I read that was current that I really liked the most because it was, it was the one that really, really made the difference to me because it was the ones I was seeing when I was reading in the scriptures. It was the different contradictions in the Bible, and I was sitting there reading it, and and this list, this guy, and now I started. I was like, is anybody seeing this? I had written down ninety by the time I went to the internet to look for a list. All right. Now I've found 90 on my own in my course of studies in the last 11 years. Right. Somebody else had a list of 295. That was the first list I saw, and I like that one the best because that one hits the hits it really in the core because it gets he found he found things that I didn't even find. Right. Things that I, I just completely overlooked. But there are definite contradictions. But so I says, what am I going to do with that? Because this book is actually helping me to understand God and it's also helping me to navigate this world, you know, in, in, in a way and keep, you know, with my soul intact because I was losing my soul. I was spilling out all over the place, but God kept bringing me back to the Bible. Every time Jesus would come rescue me from all the craziness, cause I'd get so pissed off at all the lies. I'd, I'd go off and then go by myself and, or go off and just go find something else to do. And then he'd bring me right back to this and right back to this. Eventually we brought right back to fellowshipping around the word in the morning, doing this thing, very thing. I'd get up in the morning, I'd still sit here and pray with him and everything, but sometimes I wouldn't even read my Bible because I was like so mad at the world and God and everything because things just weren't working. They weren't working the way the preacher was saying from the pulpit either. I tried all their ways. Man, ask my buddy Mitch, he'll tell you. He's been my prayer partner, so he's got the whole whiny Daniel, you know. Oh, God, you're going to have to pray for me now. I'm going to go punch somebody out, man. They're lying again, and I know it, and I have to go hit them. You know, <laughs> so anyway, I'm nonviolent, by the way. I'm just I'm just saying this is, you know, you get so upset where you want to just. Ugh. So you're in this. You're learning. Right. Joseph, he's in it. He's called by God. He's, he's one of God's people. Right. We're called by God. We're one of God's people. All you that are called by God or secrets of God that are one of God's people. You know what I mean? Sometimes you could just be in it. Sometimes it's not for it's It's your own choices. Sometimes it's not your choices. Right. Joseph was innocent. That man was a man. Uh, he was an honorable man. And I'm not. I wasn't and I'm not. Okay, I'm not an honorable man. I want to be. I long to be, but I'm not. Christ Jesus is my honor. That's He's the only one that makes me honorable because I'm not. 
But Joseph was an honorable man, just like Jesus. That's why he's a good, what we call anti-type of Christ or an anti-type of Jesus. He's a good picture of Jesus or a good symbolic message of Jesus, you know, here with Joseph. Because, you know, Joseph and Jesus were both sold into slavery by their brothers. Jesus was sold into, uh, you know, uh, sold by um, Judas and, and betrayed by Jesus. I meant to say betrayed, not sold into slavery, but betrayed. But yeah, yeah, but he sold into slavery, yeah, because his own brothers, the Jews, took him and handed him over to the Romans, and they beat the crap out of him and then crucified him on a cross. And they were all standing there saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. We don't want this man. We want Barabbas. We want the blood. We don't care about the blood. It's going to be on our hands. Blood will be on our hands and our children's hands. So it is. It is actually. Jesus prophesied it was going to be anyway before that because they rejected him. They kept rejecting him. And he sent the Messiah to his own people. But the people that did receive him, those of them that received eternal life, they, received, son, they get to be called, they get to say, they're a son of God. I received Jesus, I guess I get to say now, I'm a son of God. You know, and sometimes it's hard for me to believe that because I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by constant victimization, you know, um, in this world, in life and everything. But I have this inner peace knowing that I am really a son of God because of Jesus. Because Jesus didn't give up on me. He kept coming to get me. I, I, I lost count on the times, but I know at one point there was about 12 times I'd walked away 12 different times in my life, all right, over the 40 years, and still it kept bringing me back to this one thing. So so I said, okay, well, I don't care about the contradictions. I want to know what you're saying. Just Let's just have fellowship around this, and let's just talk about these things, right, as I'm studying. And what's happened is, is that he's been helping me to understand the heart and nature of God. That's what Jesus is going to do. Right. That's part of what he does It's part of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to help you understand the nature of God, because that's what saves us. It's the relationship with Jesus, your faith, everything that Jesus did. But it was so that we could have the knowledge of God within us so that we could be saved. Humanity gets this. They can be saved. And I walk out there and I run into people that are more saved than I am. And they don't even profess Jesus. This is God. And yet, when you start talking to him, you find out when you dig down deep enough, you find Jesus in there. Because you start, they say, eventually say, yeah. Yeah, at one time. I. Most people have a story somewhere in their past childhood, usually. Sometimes God will just say, they just know me. Just get over it. Don't. It's not always about you, you know. And you're like, wow, it isn't really isn't about me at all. Anyway, gets me thinking, man. It's not about me. If I get out of the way, so here Joseph, man, he was sold into slavery. Verse um, chapter Genesis thirty nine verse. I'm coming back here to the full circle on that now. Uh, thirty nine verse two. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was successful man, and uh, he was in Potiphar's house. In the and his master saw verse three that. Um, that the Lord is with him and that the Lord made all that he did to do, made everything that, pro- that Joseph would do, it prospered. Anything that Joseph did prospered in his hand. And so Joseph found favor in the sight in the sight of Potiphar, right, his master. He found favor in his sight and he served him. And um, so Potiphar makes him an overseer of his house and puts him in authority. So he's basically the second right under Potiphar. It's Potiphar and then Joseph, right? So... This is what's going on. Potiphar's wife, she likes Joseph, and she tries to get him to, you know, compromise his faith in God. 
And Joseph is a man of integrity. He runs away from her and says, no, I can't do that to God. I can't sit against God this way. It's wickedness. Because look, it would even be even more wicked, it just as much wicked as not God, but he's, he's also the fact that he would, he's, he, he want me to do this wickedness against my master who's been so good to me, and I can't do that. So she freaks out. Now, when you read the book of Jasper, the backstory on that is, is this woman was so sick. She, she was so sick over this story of Joseph because this carried on for about three or four months that she actually was physically not eating, and so she was getting more and more weak and looking more and more gangly and everything. And so there was a whole issue of, 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 uh, of uh, witchcraft and some other stuff going on here. This is all, this is all some stuff that's going on with, um, with Joseph. It's, it's coming against him to try to erode this man's faith in God and his integrity in God. That he's he's just an innocent that was just doing what his father told him to do, and you know he, he just came off looking to his brothers like this this little lying rat and this little oh here's the deceiving oh he, they called him a dreamer because he had dreams too God gave him dreams like he gives us all dreams right and those of us that I got called a dreamer when I, I you know I wrote a song about it so you know and I got called a dreamer a lot because I do I get a lot of dreams but I am a dreamer you know and we all should be dreamers we're all dreamers. I mean, but, you know, that's all part of that erosion that gets in, gets us into these places of trauma that are in our past, right? So anyway, he calls him a dreamer. I can relate to Joseph in that in that way. I may not be a man of integrity, but I certainly can relate to Joseph being betrayed by my brothers or by my friends or by, you know, or just by people. But all of us can, right? Remember? We can all, right? So we all kind of feel like we're slaves, right, in some way. We're all in a bit of bondage in some ways, right? We all have suffered traumas from our past or even maybe even our present, even our now. I mean, we may have a bleak outlook on the future because of it too but Joseph he he just kept his act together man and he stayed with God and he kept doing his thing and he stayed with God and he got thrown in prison eventually found himself in prison and then he stayed but in prison God was still with him the whole time God hadn't left him so most people think once they're thrown in prison for you know for not doing for doing something that you know being innocent and thrown in prison most people think that crap God left me right yeah, that ain't the case. Don't think that. If you're in prison for God, if you're in prison and whatever you're, whether you're in prison or not, God hasn't left you. He never does. Can't fall out of his hands, okay? That's what Jesus said. Just read the Gospels, man, and believe it, too. So the, he'll come get you if you stray away, can bring you right back, you know, to what's good for you, right? What's good for the soul. That's what he's talking about, man. Save your soul, man. So we're talking about here. So Joseph, man. So he goes. He's in prison. And check this out. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip. I, I skip through his story a little bit here, right? Um, because we don't need to get into all that. Because what 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 was on my heart this morning was uh, was 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 more towards the end of this story than it was for the story itself. Okay. So. So anyway. He's in prison. This is God Talk with Rev DDT. The Lord was with him. He showed him mercy. He showed him favor. It says in verse uh, 21, showed him mercy. This is 39 Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord is with him. And he showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Okay, let's see. He's doing it again. God's the one doing this, not Joseph. God is. Did you see? Did you hear what I said there? Listen, you got to listen closely. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed. He's in prison. He's already been locked up. He, you know, unjustly. 
You know, but he's locked up because you know what ended up happening was she ended up ripping his clothes off and running. He ran out with, and she was holding his clothes, and she freaked out. And she called the guards and the guard and told the guards that he, you know, he basically came in and made a pass at her, and she had ripped his clothes off. And then, how dare you bring this ser- Hebrew servant and brought he brought into me to mock me? And it happened to lift up my voice, and I cried out. And he left his garment and he fled outside, and blah blah this right. Blamed it all on Joseph, and the master had to stand by his wife. Right? You guys know dudes that are married. You guys know. If you don't stand by your wife, man, you you're in a prison and another prison yourself in your own home, you know, and you're caught with a crazy raging lion, us lioness, lioness that has claws and teeth, and some of them do actually go after you. With you know, some of your wives do, you know, I know because I I I'm a minister, you know, I I pray with people. Some of the wives I've I've had to actually, you know, some of you, you know, you need to stand with your wives, guys. You know, you know that. You know that, you know. So after a while, after 30, 40 years, you realize, oh, I better shut up and stay with her, you know, and just keep and just stand right next to her and back her up, have her back every time. Never, I don't care who it is, I have her back, you know. That's just how it is, right? So Potiphar, you know, he, what's he going to do, right? He knows Joseph's a man of integrity. It says in the book of Jasper, this guy knew that it was his wife, but he had to stand by his wife. It says that in the book of Jasper. But I'm sitting here reading the story. Oh, by the way, the book of Jasper, you can get that from, uh, just go talk to a rabbi or some people that have a Jewish library, you know, and, and, uh, or Jewish, a Jewish bookseller, and they'll sell you one. Uh, the book of Jasper is mentioned a few times in the Bible itself. I, I would suggest reading the books that are mentioned in the Bible that, itself. If you don't read those other books, then, well, come on, man. <laughs> you know, Jesus mentioned a few of them we should be reading about, you know, reading their stories like Job. He mentioned we should be gleaning everything we can from Job. Right. I, I know I, I'm still learning from Job. I just learned the other day from Job. I was reading something and I went, bam, man, boy, something new. It was really cool. Anyway, um, so verse 21, but the Lord is with Joseph and showed him mercy. Verse Genesis 39, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the pris- keeper of the prison. So the, you know, the warden dude and the, key- the warden, the keeper of the prison uh, committed to Joseph, the hand of all the prisoners who were in the prison. So basically he was just basically uh, the, what do you guys call that when you're in jail and you get a. You get and you start helping, you know, with the food and stuff. I can't remember what it's called, but anyways, he's a servant. He gets to serve the prisoners now, so he gets to, you know, basically be their 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 uh, foreman. He's a foreman now. He's a foreman of the prisoners, right? Basically, so the keeper of the prison. So he didn't even. So here's the thing. Whatever Joseph, the keeper of the prison, was so confident with Joseph, and Joseph had so much of God's favor on him, and he did things so well because of the favor of God on. Him, because when the favor of God comes on you, you do things very well. And I know this because I've been around people that have to just have that aroma. They just they stink with the favor of God, man, and they do things extremely well. The spirit of excellence is upon them, and they're they're amazing people. They just got so much grace and just beauty, and just you know, just woo, and the Holy Spirit just woo, and bam. When they pray, it's just like bam. Spirit falls on us. It's heavy in the room, and bam, you know, there's weight. Sometimes it feels like fire and oil mixing together in the air, and you're like, whoa. At times, I've had people praying for me, and wind just pass through my body a few times. And I know what that is. It's the angels. The angels are the winds. Um, anyway, the keeper of the prison committed everything to Joseph and everything. So verse 23, whatever was put under Joseph's authority, the, the keeper of the prison, the, the warden dude, he didn't have to care or worry about it at all. He didn't not, not one bit. It says here, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. He didn't look under anything. And Joseph, because he had so much integrity. This is coming back from this man had a lot of integrity. 
Okay, he deserved this favor of God. And none of us, some of us don't, like me, I don't deserve the favor of God on my life because I don't have this kind of integrity. I want this kind of integrity. I strive for this kind of integrity. I desire this kind of integrity, but I literally don't. When I examine myself, I don't have it. You know, what would I have done if that Potiphar's wife, well, 20 years ago, I know what I've done. Today, I know what I do. I would run today because I, you know, but it's not, it may not be for any other reason other than the fact I don't want to hurt anybody, you know. And so, you know, because, you know, I'm still a man, I still am horny, and I still have had sex since I was a little kid, you know. And so it's just like, how, how can you, you know, and most of us are the same, right? So most of us, we wouldn't follow this kid. But some of us that have, I know some people's backstories, and they fall into this place of favor with God and so much favor in their life that everything they do is blessed and turned to gold. And I'm sitting here going, everything they do prospers. And yeah, prosperity is in the Bible. It does say that, that whatever was in put in his hand, he prospered him. God prospered everything. He made him overseer. He prospered him. He made him, you know, overseer and Potiphar's house prospering. As Joseph's story goes on, he eventually becomes the second right under Pharaoh over the kingdom of, of, of you know, of Egypt. And then he saves his brother. He saves the whole world. It says, actually, it says in the, in the scriptures. Um, but, uh, yeah, he saves everybody, all of the whole, all the kingdoms around because of his, because of wisdom, though. It wasn't because of, but you, can you see, can you see this line of, with Joseph of being integrity and deserving the favor of God but then you look at that and you say I don't deserve that I deserve death I deserve because I know what I've done I know that I don't even deserve to have a relationship with Jesus really but that's see, that's the beauty of Jesus that's the beauty of the relationship with Jesus is, is that everything God looked at Jesus just like these guys were looking at Joseph and they didn't have to care about that God looked Jesus is the one that God wants us to Jesus is the Messiah. It's all about that anointed one that God said God wants us to believe in. God wants us to see. God wants us to take our, our, our image and, and, and let be the bearer of that image. That's the, the son that he's so pleased with, the one he's so pleased with that he doesn't have to ever worry about because he did his will. Jesus did God's will completely, 100%. You know, And I know that just some people just don't like to hear that, but that's too bad, man, for you. I feel sorry for you. I pray for you every day, those that you, of you that don't want to hear the message of Christ, that don't want to hear the good news of Jesus, because that he is our image. And those of you that want to just take the image and not have the relationship with Jesus, I'm sorry, man. You're setting yourself up for something there. And uh, you might want to talk to Jesus about that, what I just said, because you have to have a relationship with Jesus in order to have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the wedding garment. So I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding about that. I was already, not only have I been taught that, but I've been shown that too. And, um, but I'm, I'm, you know, don't take my word for it. Go talk to Jesus about it. Ask him to show, show you what he showed me. Ask him to take you on the adventure that he took me on. Okay. And, and ask him to show you and teach you what he's taught me. And then you'll know, you'll know, you'll definitely know it's the Holy Spirit. All right. So there's, that's for the world and everybody. And if somebody's feeling a prick in their heart out of what I said, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And if you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit convicts the world. So you're not his yet. You're still the world's. So um, if you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but if you're feeling the joy of the Holy Spirit right now because of what I just said, and you're going, yeah, that's right. That is right. Then you yourself are full of the Holy Spirit. And yeah, we are all rejoicing together. So hallelujah. Anyway, praise the Lord. Anyway, so the keeper of the prison, verse 20, uh, was it 23? The keeper of the prison, Genesis 39, 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. If you're, if you're in Jesus, then you've taken on his identity. His clothing has become your clothing. His armor is your armor. His 
blessings are your blessings. His life is your life. His garments are your garments. His God is your God. His king is, well, he is the king. So, And he also makes us kings and priests, by the way, um, too, in him. We are. We're all called kings and priests. We officiate at the altar when we pray. We officiate at the altar when we lay hands on people and uh, and pray for their healing and ask for God to intervene in their lives. And yes, that is being a good Samaritan. That's what Jesus did. He walked around laying hands on people, uh, spitting some mud and put that on a guy's eyes, told him to go wash in a pool and it healed him. He did unusual miracles, different ways. Well, he did miracles. Every one of those were different. Every one of them. Uh, one person he touched and rose from the dead. Another person he called and rose from the dead. Another person he went and, and uh, spoke to the little girl and she rose from the dead. So there's three different ways. God, the Jesus, he wants to call, wants to touch, and one's just speaking. Right? Okay, there you go. So there's three different ways that he, he rose people from the dead. How many different ways, how many different people are on this earth right now? Every one of you have as a different person. Don't try to be like each other. Just try, just, just try to be like you with Jesus in you, influencing you. To be like him in and you together. It's like you're not really losing yourself in it. You're losing you're, what's happening is you, this shift happens on the inside that all that 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 lower self, the negative, the the boredom, pessimism, frustration person, the disappointed person, the worried person, the discouraged person, that lower vibrational field, that lower frequency type person, that ego person gets put down underneath. And the Jesus person is where you want to ride at, man. And the Christ consciousness aspect is, is the right aspect. Putting on the mind of Christ is right. Paul said that. You have to put on the mind of Christ in order to put you got to know what he says. you got to study the Gospels. But in order to do that, you have to have the Holy Spirit who is that that you put on, which is the mind of Christ. So it's Christ that you're putting on when you put on the Holy Spirit. So if you don't put on the Holy Spirit, you don't have Jesus. That's the whole point. And whatever you do, God's going to make it to prosper as long as you rest in Christ. Because now it's a matter of learning how to rest in him. And then we all talk about this. You know what? Waiting is one of the things I'm, at, I'm doing right now in a few areas of my life. And some of you, you heard the word waiting and you're freaking out going, why are you waiting? God told me to. And some of you are going, yeah, God told me to, to, to. Yeah, some of you. Okay, so those of you that I'm talking to, you hear me. If you have a voice, if you have an ear to hear, let let it hear. Let your ear hear. Hear this. If you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting on the Lord. You need to be waiting. You need to actually be waiting on what you're learning is you're learning to rest in Him, in all areas of your life, and you may be learning in a more spiritual way than 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 in a more physical way. Like, um, or it may be both together. Like you could be in your bed resting and waiting for to get healed to come out of your bed to go work. That could be a time of waiting for you. Uh, it is a time of waiting, actually. What I'm saying is, uh, it could be a time of, of spiritual and physical waiting. You're, you're, if you do it right, you'll benefit from it. So it is a time of spiritual and physical. It is it, everything is spiritual and physical all together at the same time. But what I'm trying to say is, is that you'll get the benefits from it if you if you focus on the spiritual side of it. Okay. In the waiting. And then, really, the truth is, is what you realize is you need to be focusing on the spiritual side of everything in your life. And, and in every area of your life. Relationships, whatever, you know. Where it finances everything, you know. Um, and get with God and ask him what to do about things. And say, listen, I, I'm. this is where I am. I know where I am. I know you know where I am. 
um, Lord, and I know you know where everybody is, and I'm not praying about everybody else. I'm praying about me because I need I need help. I, I'm, I, I still see lack in my life because there is some areas, points of lack in my life. I know that there's reasons why I'm where I'm at. I know the choices that I made. I know the sin that I've committed. I know everything, and I'm sorry about everything I've done that's wrong. I'm asking for your help. I don't want to be a failure anymore. I want to be a success. You know, Make me a success, God. Make me a success. And then listen to what he says to do and do that. And keep doing that every day. Now, some people say, well, you should be further along because you know all this stuff, right? No, you're not seeing the picture. My, You don't know my life. You're not walked in my shoes. I was in prison. <laughs> Remember, I was bound up in bondage. I was sick in bed. I was I was everything. I was everything bad. I was everything everything out of out of whack, you know. And I, okay, check this out. Just in, just in healings, okay? I had physically... I'm not kidding you. Five years ago, six years ago, it's starting the sixth year now. Um, actually, in, uh, in the summer, it'll be the start of the sixth year. Five years ago, literally, I went to a prayer meeting. Okay? When I went to that prayer meeting that day, I had 49 things wrong with me. You know how many things have been healed in five years now? Physically. 49 things physically wrong with me. You know how many things have been healed right now? I'm going to tell you. It's going to blow you away. All but eight. Uh, excuse me. All but nine. Sorry. All but nine. All but nine. I said I had 49 things wrong with me, and all but nine things have been healed. Actually, actually, I had 50, but there was connected to something else, but that got healed too, so it does. It's already, it was in the healing. The ones that haven't been healed yet, I could go off on the list, which I'm not going to get into, but I mean, come on, man. That would make you a believer after a while. You'd be like, what? And all I've been doing is praying to the same person the same way, the way I was taught by Jesus to pray and asking God and crying out, the way I was taught by God to cry out, the way I was shown around my brothers and sisters. We were all, we found things together and we discovered things together. Uh, we took classes and, and conferences, went to conferences and discovered things too in the Spirit because whenever you're together in the Spirit, the Lord's there and you're going to discover things if you're ready to discover things. If you're not, you'll be closed off to if you want to be close off to it, then you won't receive anything. If you are, you will receive. That's how it works with God. If you receive Jesus as who he is, you're going to receive everything that he is. That's how it is. He said that. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. Well, I received Jesus in the name of king, prophet, <laughs> counselor, everything. I went in there and mined all the names out, out of the Bible, just the Bible, and mined all the names of God out of there. And, uh, and, uh, Started that. Started there. I was working on that years ago. Going. That's I. That's yeah. I confess. I lay hold of that because that's my right because of Jesus. Because I put my faith in Jesus. I did. I literally did. And He's been saving me every time I've went astray. He's brought me back. And He's taught me things from the Bible that have healed my mind, my will, my emotions, my body, um, and and sent me places to get healing. Says. But it's not just one thing though. It's not just the Bible. Like everybody wants to just say just that. No, it wasn't just that it was the fellowship with jesus the whole time that's what i discovered this morning the lord you know why i have even managed to get to this far is because of the fellowship with the lord i couldn't even read the bible some of those years because i was so fried on drugs i suffered so many traumas and and so freaking confused and just, you know, psychopathically just didn't want to live anymore and just went out on a rage, a rage against myself, you know, harmfully, harmfully freaking trying to just, just destroy my life. He wrote it away, even if I could have wrote it away little by little or, or, or do it faster than it was already, you know, because all of us are dying, right? So I was just trying to speed it up, that's all. Every time I tried to commit suicide, it didn't work, you know, which is really mind-blowing, you know, and I, I just, you know. 
Here, I, I want to just do something here before we quit because I know I'm rattling randle, here for a while and uh, rant, going on here. We're almost into We're 41 minutes right now. But I just want to talk for a minute a little bit more about this Joseph guy and Jesus and what we have in Christ Jesus. Um, if it's not for Jesus, if you don't put on Jesus, you don't have Jesus. If you don't make friends with Jesus, you don't really have him. And if you do, then you have him. And if you have him, then you have a lot of promises that are in the scriptures that are belong to you. And these things that happen in these other people's lives, like, you know, God making people prosper, he can do that for you if you believe, but you have to believe. Now, I started in a place where I didn't believe in prosperity or anything at all. I didn't believe in, I barely even believed in God. I believed in God, but I barely believed in God. I didn't, I, but I had my own way of believing in God, but I just, it was messed up. It was really messed up and I was messing up and my life showed it, you know, but Jesus said, when your tree is good, you know, which is the fruit on the tree will be good. Right. So one of the things that marks a good, a good tree is, is that you'll go around doing good works. And if you're not moved by compassion, when another person's hurting and, and you're there, if that doesn't move you to do something, then man, you got a really hard heart and you need to talk to God about that. You know, but I do know this. So if you if you do have a soft heart and you do feel like praying for somebody, don't be afraid to not reach over. If you don't even know them, don't be afraid to not reach over and pray for them because God will prosper you. He will. Listen, it's not up to you to heal that person. It's up to you just to make the contact with them, just to just to just to be the contact point. That's it. That's all we are is a contact point, a conduit for God to work through. That's it. And the better you are at at being bold, the better, you know, and, and just. In, in spite of your fears, you know, the better you are being bold, find a way to be bold. Find your way. It may be just praying for people. What it, what happened to me was, is I was out walking around and I'd see people that were hurting. And all these years, people kept telling me I was a healer. And I was like, I don't know if I am or not. But sometimes when I pray for people, God heals them, right? And so, um, so but I know I'm, it's not me. But they all say, oh, you're a healer, blah, blah, blah. But what I've learned, though, over, my, over the years is it's not necessarily me that's doing the healing because it's not. It's God that's definitely doing it, right? You know, because of the way I pray, because I just leave it up to him. I just, God pray, I just pray and ask him to touch him and bless him and heal them, right? And then if I hear him tell me to do something like cast out, you know, bind the spirit and cast it out, I'll do that, right? Or, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. We'll do that, anoint him with oil or whatever it is, you know, because it can be different every time. But here's the thing. But when I follow his antidote when I say hear him and, he, and I do it when I well, even when if I don't hear anything and I still pray just that prayer of faith itself that I did before, even before I knew what the prayer of faith was I was praying the prayer of faith when I prayed in the name of Jesus believing that Jesus will, is willing to touch that person and heal them knowing that Jesus is the healer makes all the difference in the world but before that I didn't even know and people were still getting healed so I know it wasn't me so those of you that say oh it's just you it's you no it's not and those of you that say, say it's not, don't pray in the name of Jesus, uh, uh, excuse me, I'll do what I want and I'm going to. And uh, you know what? You need to be quiet and maybe you need to go learn from Jesus what it means to pray in his name. Because um, if you pray in his name um, and you're, you're not born again and you don't have his Holy Spirit in you and you pray in his name, it may backfire on you, buddy. Actually, you may uh, end up uh, having a real hard, hard situation happen to you big time, big time. And I'll tell you why. Because if you do, you, um, you're... The devil's real. His kingdom's real. The demons are real. Um, the Nephilim spirits are all over the earth. They're real. 
They didn't. They didn't go into hell. The ones that went to hell that are locked up in the in the uh, in the in the prison. The spirits that are locked up in the prison that are it's mentioned in Jude. They're actually the ones that are in in Enoch. They're locked up in the prison. Those are the fallen angels that fell in the first place. There's um, they uh, when they fell, they fell. They created beings on the earth. Uh, it's in Genesis in Genesis six called the Nephilim. The, uh, they were the giants and the men. They spawned the men of renown and all that. Well, anyway, there's a whole bunch of history that we has been. Censored out from us that we're learning about now today, and a lot of that's and it's and and it's it's all true, all of it is. Um, but um, these guys are uh, uh, the Nephilim spirits are the the ones that are the uh, I believe are the demons. I believe it's them and some other spirits that they uh, that uh, they they created them. They created them, and they uh, when they were uh, when they were roaming the earth, they were the they're the they're the ones that are disembodied, the disembodied spirits that roam. And um, I believe they're the agents, and they work for the enemy. And uh, I believe some of them work willfully, and some of them don't. Some of them, some of them are, are they have to. And um, some of them show up in dreams as people, and per, sometimes people are in dreams uh, and doing stuff that they don't want to do. And you and you have an interaction with them, and you, and you ask them why they're doing that, and they say they don't know why they're doing that. It's because you can wait. You can right then and there, right there. That that points it right out, right there. You just go right there, start rebuking the devil in your dream. Just do it because the devil. Is either somewhere in your presence, around you, in your in your life, uh, messing with you, and whether you're at sleep asleep at night in your bed, or whether you're out during the day doing something, but start rebuking him right there, and keep rebuking him, and keep doing it too, and keep confessing the blood of Jesus because that's where the power is. Um, in the in the aspect when I was in dreams, I was having dreams, and I was being attacked by these big giant spirits that were um, that were uh, tormenting my brother and some other of my friends and stuff, and I was learning about spiritual warfare. And um, one of the things I learned was is that uh, in the dream, from a dream, um, was the reaction. I paid attention to the reaction of these two demons when they went to attack this one friend of mine. Um, we were all in. Uh, we were, they, uh, I won't go into the dream, but they went to attack me. And the bigger one uh, was the one that was going to attack me. And the littler one was more powerful than the bigger one. And he was the one that was in authority over that situation, I believe, because the, big, the littler one said to the bigger one, no, we can't touch him because of the blood. Now, I just said that and my room just got really quiet. Whoa. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it again. In the dream, and I paid attention to this, so you guys that are fighting and you're trying to fight, figure out how to do it in your dream, how to overcome the dream so you're not scared. Because that, that fear that you're having in your dream is, a, is, a, is, a, is the type and foreshadow of the fear that you have in your life. It's a mirror of what's going on in your life. But you can actually fight it in your dream. I learned how to fight my fears in my dreams, and it gave me confidence in the in the natural to fight what was going on and what was coming against me in my life because they do come and attack us, man. Uh, a few weeks ago, I did a, a couple weeks ago, I did a few podcasts like back to back, and um, man. I got nailed to the wall after that, man. I was getting attacked left and right. But you know what? I noticed that this time when I was getting attacked, like the last time, that uh, I was just laughing the whole time because it was like, all right, I didn't have to actually call for prayer and stuff, but I was very confident that God, that, I, that of, of why everything was going on the way it was going on, why I could see what was happening, and the Lord was sharing with me uh, what to do and stuff and just where to stand at in it and everything, and the Lord's my confidence, and praise God, man, you know, and, and uh, it's like, okay, so then he attacks over with and everything and then I heard it the next day after the attack I was sitting here reading and praying and all of a sudden I heard oh I heard this the shield 
came down. And I went, oh, good. Thank God for that. That was just while I was praying. I'm just praying and reading along, right? You know, reading something out of the Bible, just sitting here praying and just reading while I'm praying. I'm like, and then I'm reading on, and then Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and he took the grapes and pressed it in them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup into Pharaoh's hand. What does that mean, man? Does that have anything to do with me? Can you talk to me through this? I mean, is there something I can get out of this, right? And then while I'm saying that, all of a sudden I hear the shield came down I'm like oh good thank God for that and then, and then you notice the difference around you know I spiritually you know sensitive especially in your room some of you that know what I mean you know what I mean you're sensitive right and you can feel it and you're like oh yeah and you can feel that nice and you're like oh thank God and then you're asking God did I just do something wrong why was I getting attacked he's like no 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 you weren't getting attacked because you were doing something wrong you are getting attacked because you are doing something right see if you're if you you don't get attacked by the devil if you're doing something wrong no, duh, a duh, and that's all the old victim mindset, right? Still, still trying to think through the victim mindset, you know, and still, still overcoming this victim mentality, right? This, this orphan mindset, right? Still, still becoming a son. See, those are led by the spirit of God or sons of God, right? You know, right? So, anyway, this is just where I'm at with this. And I, and I was sitting here looking at all this, and I was thinking, Jesus is my prosperity. There, I have no hope without Jesus. And I had no hope. Even with Jesus, I was walking with Jesus, and it was for most of those years, I was hopeless. He asked my friends. Ask the people who have been around me. You know, and, and the reason why is because everything, here's what was going on. Everything I was being taught, I was practicing, but it wasn't working the way the guys in the pulpit were saying it was going to work, right, or should work. But what I didn't realize was is that they're actually even getting us to compare ourselves to them, too, in doing that, in being up there doing what they're doing, because we all just, we don't have a choice. Some of us just don't. We just automatically compare ourselves to each other, and we got to quit doing that. My life's different because I have a different call and because I am a different person. I have a different personality. I'm, I'm just different, man, and I know that. I'm glad I'm different. I've always been different, and I've always known it. People have always told me I'm different, but I know that you don't have to tell me i already know and i'm happy with it too i'm glad i am who i am i'm glad i'm not you because then there'd be two of you and who i wouldn't be here you know and god wants to have this experience in this life with daniel with daniel just like he wants to have the experience in your life with you whoever you are put your name there that's who you are you're having experience in that experience jesus wants to have an experience with us man you know and he's want to have an experience with everybody god wants a family in heaven he wants people that love him there he doesn't want a bunch of people that hate him there that's why he's going to weed it all out and it is going to happen and people want to deny it, but it is going to happen. And the more they try to erase Jesus out of history, the more they try to erase, censor the Christians or censor the, the born-again believers or censor anybody that preaches Jesus or that prays in his name or does anything in his name, the more they want to censor that out and say we're idiots that we believe in God or we're idiots for believing in Jesus or whatever, the more they want to do that. The more we need to stand up and preach Jesus, the more we need to pray in Jesus' name, the more we need to actually declare Jesus, the more we need to magnify our Lord because Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by him. And when you do come by him, miracles happen. All kinds of things happen. Um, You might just shift the whole nation. 
You know what? If more people had faith in Jesus and prayed in faith in his name, prayed faith in his name, prayed prayers of faith in his name, we see. And without taking yourself out of the picture, taking your political position, your religious views out of the picture and just praying in his name and asking him what to do, this world would be a better place. And I guarantee it would be a better place. But the reason why it's not is because we aren't doing our job. And I'm talking to those of you that call on his name and that call yourselves after Christ, even as a Christian, Catholic, whatever. If you call yourself the church, if you're calling yourself a believer in Jesus, then you need to get with Jesus and learn how to pray. So because this world can change with those prayers, but it can't without it and it won't without it. We have a chance right now. We don't have to follow the book of Revelations like a map. It's a warning, not a map. Some of you guys believe it's a map. Don't do that. It's a warning. It's a warning. We can change. So anyway, this is Rev DDT. I'm just saying, you know, with Jesus, Jesus is our resurrection. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our life. And those of you that know have put on Christ, have put on the wedding garments, you know what I mean. And you know that. You know, and, and just because you're, you're not going forward in some area in your life doesn't mean God's not prospering you. Okay, and it doesn't mean God's not with you, especially if he's come and got you a few times like he has me. All right. God is with you. You just came from a long ways back, baby. You got you got a long ways to go still, just like I do. You know, but if you find yourself in the same place where I'm at, in the same boat I'm in. Hey, man, we're in it together. Awesome. We can have good conversation. Let's get together and talk. Y'all have a great day. I'm out. Uh, God bless you. And remember, exalt Jesus because the one he's the one that saves. Jesus saves, man. Jesus saves. The next thing I know, I was flying through the air back to my car. I don't even know what happened. I can't even explain it. The next thing I know, I was flying through the air back to my car. Then I got my car, and my car started by itself. And then the next thing I know, we're driving down the road, and then about two seconds later, we're all and then I woke up and I was in my bed and I was like, whoa, that was a trip, man. This is a Red DMT broadcast. Don't touch your towel. We'll be right back.